Hi, I'm Chris McBrien, a Gen Xer, and the pop culture from my generation is awesome. And I'm Yance Eaton, a millennial, and the pop culture from my generation is dope. Episode 31, Reality TV. Chris McBrien, and that is Yancey Eaton, and this is Pop Goes Your World. Yancey, what's going on in Florida tonight, my friend? we got lots to get to. Got a guest this week, changing things up again, but what's going on? Not a whole lot. I'm off this weekend. Uh, it's my brother's Thanks. birthday. I'm watching the World Baseball Classic, and uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm excited to talk to uh, Justin. He's like one of like the original gangsters of like our little like pantheon of like podcasters and stuff. Like one of the good dudes in, in all of uh I guess you could say podcasting because he does like 16 podcasts a week, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to have him on. Won't you bring him in? Yeah, of course. Justin Mason is our guest. Justin, you probably know he's the host of Friends with Fantasy Benefits podcast. You'll find him at friendswithfantasybenefits.com. Of course, the podcast is available on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher Radio and all those places. And you'll find him on Twitter at Justin Mason, FWFB. Justin, welcome to the show, my friend. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> this is like my favorite non-sports related podcast that I have on my phone. I listen to it the moment you guys release it every week. Uh, I am I'm just one I'm just so ecstatic to be here. And now you're a part of things. I so know. This is amazing. So we're going to be uh, talking about reality TV shows and this is a topic actually Justin and I were talking about. We were saying, you know, hey man, we got to get you on the podcast sometime. And I was like, uh, yeah, man, what do you want to talk about? He's like, how about if we do reality TV shows? I'm like, dude, you're in. Let's go. So are you guys ready to hit it? Definitely. Okay, here we go. All right, let's go. I don't want to get a whole bunch of hate mail and stuff. I think Jaws is one of the greatest movies ever made. Have you seen it, Chris? It was awesome. And I literally lost it. Night of the Living Dead. That movie literally terrified me. People were running out of the theater. Wait, what? See, I'm young, I'm hip, and I speak the language of the streets. Yes, word. Okay, so uh, just like we do every week, we run down our top five lists of things because everybody loves lists. I was, someone was talking to somebody today about that. They're like, everybody loves lists. They, I love your show because I yell at my phone every time that I listen to your show. So it's a good thing. So we're going to start with number five, work our way to number one. Our guest this week is Justin Mason. Justin, why don't you take us away with your number five reality TV show of all time? Now, I, I got to start off by saying this was very, very difficult for me because <laughs> I, I heard, have yeah. a list of literally 20 shows uh, that that I could come up with, uh, the top uh, the top three were really easy for me. Uh, four slid in there, and five literally about five minutes before you called me, I was I was changing my my number five. I eventually went with a show called Survivor Man, uh, and this show uh, started in two thousand four. I believe it was canceled once or twice and then brought back. Uh, it stars Les Shroud, uh, uh, and he is I believe he's Canadian. Uh, he's a survivalist. Uh, and what he did on his show was he would be dropped off with a bunch of cameras uh, in a remote location, and he taught people how to survive in those locations. Um, and unlike other shows, uh, Man vs. Wild and things like that, this was 100% alone by himself, and there was no setup. There were no things placed around the environment to help him. He would usually get a backpack full of like four or five items, uh, and usually not food, um, to, to kind of help him make his way. And it was absolutely amazing the things that he could come up with and figure out how to do uh, to survive for seven days by himself 
while filming it, and at no point does he seriously injure himself, though he comes close many, many times. Very cool. And yeah, he is Canadian. You're right. It is a Canadian show. It was done on the Outdoor Living Network. And, um, I, and you know, I live this every day because I try and survive without crunch bears here in Canada. <laughs> so it's really tough. I know what you're saying. So Yancey, what have you got for number five? That was a good one. I like that. All right. So let me get my obligatory preface in real quick. And I'll say that this was off also like extremely difficult for me, but only because I don't watch reality TV shows at all. Yeah, like, you know, re- reality yeah, TV I- is like in your wheelhouse, isn't it? Yeah. Um, not really. No, it's not. I, well, to be honest with you, all of these shows that you see, like all these big time shows. I mean, yeah. I was going through lists and lists on, on Wikipedia and on IMBD, just trying to find things that I could talk about. And I'm not really going to force it. Like you guys are going to see like some of these, some of these shows that I'm listening aren't really like in the spirit of what you guys are talking about, but IMBD lists them as reality TV shows. So I'm just going to kind of go with it. Like this, sure. this genre is not my thing. Um, but so let me go ahead and get number five out of the way. And I'm going to, I'm going to put two shows in one um, just because I don't really make a distinction between the two but they're gonna there's be a, there's hel- a, oh, be careful there's a plane landing beside you yes <laughs> yeah you hear this <laughs> i literally live right next to an airport i'm sorry yeah, apparently that's um, there's a reality show right there yeah so uh number five for me is going to be hell's kitchen and kind of kitchen nightmares both gordon ramsay shows kind of like bunched together and the reason why i i'm doing it like this is simply because i've never actually watched these shows on tv i've never watched them live and i've never watched a full episode about a year and a half ago i got down a, a youtube rabbit hole late at night i was like drinking watching baseball or something and then after the Rays game like i i just started watching youtube videos and all of a sudden like a gordon ramsay compilation video came up and it was mostly him you know just completely, you know, disparaging people and, you know, insults with, you know, towards other cooks and to, to customers and everything like that. And I kind of became hooked on it just because, you know, this guy is like a cooking savant. He obviously knows what he's doing, but he also had like this duality to him where, um, yeah, when he, he would seriously lay into people, but whenever somebody did something that was genuinely like authentic and, and just it, you know, it had excellence just spewing out of it. He was also like, you know, his compliments meant so much to people. And like, I don't even, you know, I don't care about cooking at all. I don't know anything about cooking. I don't cook any of my food. And this guy, like whenever he like instills like a compliment on you, it literally like lights up the freaking world. Like that's how meaningful it is. And, you know, I remember like watching one episode or watching a a clip of one episode and like these women came to complain about the food and, you know, they were like middle-aged women or whatever. They, they had some sort of like breast implants and stuff. And he literally told them, he's like, can you guys please get these women and, you know, take them back to plastic surgery. Like he does not care at all. Anything he, he he says it, but like I said, he also has other shows where like he goes to like these little like mom and pop, and he's super nice and just you know very very personable and stuff. But he really really knows cooking, and he explains it in such a way that somebody like me, like a layman when it comes to cooking, can actually kind of follow along. So that's my number five. It's a little long winded, but uh, Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen and Kitchen Nightmares. That's my. Uh, well, that's all good. I like it. Uh, so so Justin, you said you listen to the show, so you know kind of how it works around here. Mm-hmm. I'm a Gen Xer. I'm the old guy, so mm-hmm. I'm going to surprise you guys because I've got a, a few reality shows from like the 70s and 80s, but that's not going to be way I'm. Gonna to start things off. I'm going to start things off rather generically, but it is a show that I do like. So it's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. My number five is American Idol. I've I've liked it pretty much since the beginning, but I really sort of glommed onto the show in season five when Taylor Hicks won. And that's for whatever reason, I started watching that season. And I was like, man, this show is good. I like this show. And I just kind of watched it ever since. I've kind of been, I was on and off a couple of years, but then the last couple of years, I've just watched it every year. It's been something my wife and I always get together and watch. I enjoy it. I like the audition process. I like watching the people that are crappy when they audition. I like, you know, watching when they finally go into Hollywood week. And, and I don't know, there's just something about it that the format of it, it's been copied multiple times. It's kind of like Survivor. 
When Survivor came out, it, ever since then, it's been copied so much. The, the format, you know, the elimination and all that stuff. American Idol, same thing. Other shows like The Voice are not, have not passed it or whatever, the ratings or popularity. But as far as I'm concerned, American Idol is the best that ever was and best that ever will be when it comes to sort of singing competition type shows. So it's my number five. Okay, Justin, what do you got for number four? Well, before we move on to number four, I just want to say I have actually – I had a friend who was on American Idol – uh, what, it, what season? What season? Oh, gosh, I can't remember the season. Uh, her name was uh, uh, Kristen McNamara. She was cut just before kind of the you know the final twelve. Um, oh, so good, good for her. So she uh, did well, and she actually was on uh, another show that preceded American Idol. Uh, it was a country music show, uh, uh, and she finished fourth on that. Uh, and she's uh, doing fairly well for herself in in Nashville. Uh, wasn't so. that like like country star? You can be a star, yeah, or something yeah, like something that? like that. Uh, yeah, 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 okay. So, but uh, yeah, no, it was a kind of, it was a big deal oh, cool. for the area we grew up in. Uh, roughly about five thousand people uh, for her to get on that show. So, very, very cool. Number four, um, you know, I, I talked about Survivor Man because I wanted, I definitely wanted to get at least one or two shows in there that didn't have like a competition theme to it because a lot of mine will have a competition theme, uh, and, and number four it, it is one of those shows. Um, and it, it, it's called Top Shot. It was on the History Channel. Uh, it, it ran for, I think, four, three or four seasons from 2010 uh, to 2013. Uh, it was hosted by uh, Colby Donaldson, who's actually uh, of Survivor. Um, and what it was, was it was a reality uh, sharpshooter competition. Um, and they based this is this is so obscure. I can't I can't deal with this. <laughs> you Americans in your guns, I tell you. <laughs> and, and I'm not a big gun guy. I don't own a gun. Um, I wasn't I was in the U.S. Army, uh, so I mean I have shot guns. But um, because I was in the U.S. Army, uh, you know I, I know the damage and things that guns could do. But from a historical context, they they fire all sorts of different types of weapons. Even use things like tomahawks and slingshots. Um, and it was amazing how quickly these guys you know a lot of these guys and women or olympic shooters uh and they could adapt to any sort of environment and, and they did a lot of it based on historical events uh throughout the world uh, the world's histories uh top shot it, you can actually stream it on the historychannel.com if you're interested it is really really fantastic very cool okay yancy number four what do you got Wow, that was obscure. That was, was I was not expecting that. I've never even heard of that. Very cool. Um, so number four for me, I think I've actually talked about this in a past episode. Uh, number four is The Amazing Race for me. I used to watch this you know, years ago, maybe the first three or four seasons. At this point now, it's on its 28th season, or it's coming on to its 29th season. Um, it's just a fantastic reality competition. I mean, uh, you go around the world, you get all these different checkpoints, and it actually like rewards real skill if, you, if you're good with directions, if you're good with people, if you're good with um, just negotiation. And, and just thinking quickly and all, all that stuff. I, I, I've said this before. I think my wife and I would just be absolutely fantastic on this show. Um, maybe someday, you know, if on season like 50 or something, we'll go on it. It's just a really neat show. Um, it's another Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, like survivor type show or whatever. It's just on a different network. 330 episodes in, I've probably only seen maybe 40 or 50 episodes. But um, even though I don't no longer watch it, it still has like this, like, you know, kind of like cool place in my heart so that's my number four is the amazing race okay here's something that i don't like when it comes to reality shows okay so i'm a gen xer so i'm old school but the, my thing is that tv seasons always represent the number of years that they're on the air it's just kind of a thing right mm -hmm. you know like you know cheers was on the air for nine seasons or ten seasons whatever it was and that's what you say but now these reality shows that do like two times a year so it's like season 28 
No, man, you started in 2002. Okay, don't give me season 20. <laughs> yeah, I that's a, I don't know, it just sticks in my craw. Okay. Or their numbers, the number of episodes are different. Like a season sometimes is six episodes for some yeah. shows. You know Exa- what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like what six episodes? That's not a season. In the old days where I come from, 24 episodes. So it's minimum was a season. But anyway, um, okay, my number four. I'm going back to the 70s and 80s, guys. Yes, they had reality shows back then, too. And this one was from 79 to 1984. It was called Real People. Okay, so this is a show. They had, like, a bunch of hosts, and they did these segments um, about real people, you know, from all across the USA. And some of the hosts were, like, there was Skip Stevenson and Sarah Purcell, and there was John Barber. I remember he went on to do the Liars Club up here in Canada. And Bill Rafferty, who did game shows like Blockbusters. And there was Byron Allen and Fred Willard. Anyway, like I say, it ran from 79 to 84. And the hosts were, like, on a soundstage in front of a studio audience, and then they'd throw it to these like video segments they did like from all over the country like it sounds crazy but let me tell you that this was one popular popular show when it was on the air i used to watch it every week so did lots of people so that's why it makes my list that's number four number three justin take us away all right number three this is another one or this is one that is it's not a real a reality competition show um but it is it is near and dear to my heart uh if you've if you've ever read, read anything i've written or uh listen to my podcast um i've been very open and honest about the fact that i'm a recovering alcoholic and a recovering drug addict and so the show intervention has always hit kind of a interesting spot in my heart um it is a show that typically follows two different uh, alcoholic and addicts in their kind of day-to-day affairs and talks about their background then talks about uh, then shows what they're doing on a day-to-day basis, talks to their family uh, and, and what's happening with them. And then at the end of the show, it culminates in an intervention and then they go off to treatment and they, they you know, tell you later how, how the person did. Um, if you ha- don't understand the, the darkness and uh, denial that surrounds addiction and the people, uh, people and families who, who have loved ones that are addicted... Uh, it is it is a very intense show. Uh, it doesn't really uh, censor anything, um, and uh, it is a, a really gripping portrayal of what it's like to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. Uh, and me being myself a recovered one, uh, it, it hits home for me. So, uh, yeah, my number three is Intervention. That's a good one. And just as an aside, I remember the first time that you and I ever sort of quote unquote met virtually um i came on as a guest on your podcast friends with fantasy benefits and it was just me and you and we spent about an hour talking about baseball and one of the things that we really got into if i remember correctly was um was substance abuse among mm-hmm. athletes and players we were talking about josh hamilton and steve howe and guys like that and it was just the most intriguing time i think i've ever spent on a podcast and we've been friends ever since i remember we really hit it off that night yeah. um so that, that was really cool i'll never forget that but uh, that's that's a good one i like that one yancy number three what do you got uh, Justin also didn't mention, just as an aside, he's also a certified addiction specialist, I which am. I think is yep. pretty cool, too. Yep. So yep. you didn't mention that. I just wanted to throw that out there, too. Um, so what, what number are we on? Number three? Oh, you guys are going to love this or hate this. I Actually, I don't know. Um, this show has been on the air for 21 seasons, and they have recorded over now, five. Now, is it 21 seasons or 21 reality seasons? So has it been 21 20? seasons. Okay. Yeah, okay. Some of you may not consider this to actually be a reality TV show as another plane. Doc, yes, there's another plane coming. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. All right. But anyways, 21 seasons and over 5,400 episodes. Okay. I will give you the tagline. You can tell me what the show is. You should know it immediately. Real cases, real people. People sport. No. People sport. I love it. 
It's Judge Judy, Judge guys. Judy, Judge, oh, Judge Judy. Judge Judy. <laughs> Judge Judy has been on the air for over 5,400 episodes. This woman literally is worth like half a billion dollars from doing this show. Wow. Seriously. And like I said, I, I was struggling trying to find shows that I could I could put in here. And I didn't want to, you know, talk about a show that I haven't really watched. Man, every time I'd come home after school, Judge Judy would be on. And my mom loved this. One thing my mom and I have in common is like we love like hearing like other people's business. And I don't know. Maybe that's like <laughs> something you shouldn't say. But like I like the fact that like these people agree to go on. It's all small claims court, too. Right. So it's all less than five thousand dollars. And these people will literally fly out to wherever she records. And, you know, they'll sign away a, a waiver saying that, like, they agree to whatever outcome that she says. And she just has like such a fiery temper. And it's. She almost like distorts like the legal system. Like if she doesn't like somebody, she will literally like bend rules to like really stick it to them in the shows. And I just love that about her. Uh, true story. My grandfather, he used to be a security guard at the uh, at the you know community that she lived in in Naples, and he literally said like it was the largest mansion she has ever seen. What does this have to do with the show? Nothing. I'm just saying, like, this woman is so incredibly successful. I mean, she was nominated for a Daytime Emmy Award for 14 consecutive years, and she has never won, which is just absolutely obscene to me. But she's like a television staple. She's basically like TV royalty. And like I said, I don't think anybody would really consider it to be reality TV, but it it's as real as it gets. It's real it's real cases. It's real people. It's Judge Judy. I just love it. That's my number three. Perfect. Okay, my number three. Again, I'm a Gen Xer, man. I'm bringing the goods tonight. The Battle of the Network Stars. Okay, so it started in 1976, and they would run two a year. So I guess kind of like today's, like they ran two a season. I, I feel like a hypocrite now. My show was two a year with it. Whatever. Anyway, um, so they would do one in the spring and one in the fall. And what they do is they would pit three teams, one from each network. Because back then, Yancey, they only had three networks on TV, right? So right. it was like yep. NBC, CBS, ABC, and ABC was the network that hosted the show. And so the, the teams would compete in all these like different sort of track and field events. And then the one team that had the lowest score, they'd get eliminated. And then the other two would have a tug of war to see who the winner would be. Like to give you an idea, you guys already get a hold of who these people are. But to give you an idea, they had a team, like there'd be like a team captain and it would be like Gabe Kaplan, right? From Welcome Back, Cotter. And then there'd be like Linda Carter and Richard Hatch and like Ron Howard and like Penny Marshall would be on the team. And the top of the show, I think it was, I gotta remember, I think it might've been Lauren Green. And he would do this voice voiceover and it was like the warriors came not by horse but by limousine and they were lusting for victory in the battle of the network stars and it was just and howard cosell as you guys know howard cosell mm-hmm. he'd host the show and he'd be like and you know now we head to the pool where we've got a four lab race in lane one from charlie's angels it's farrah fawcett majors and in lane two wonder woman herself linda carter and they would like race in the pool and see who would win and i think it ran all the way until like into the 80s and now i've actually heard that they're talking about rebooting it so i'm you know like everything else they reboot it'll probably suck but um the thing was nowadays if they rebooted it they probably use like really athletic actors in the events but one of the things that made it so good back in the 70s was the fact that the actors weren't very athletic like think about it like you know there's like you go over to the obstacle course and it's like jimmy walker from good times pitted against like kojak Telly Savalas. It was anyway. It was awesome, guys. <laughs> Trust me. That's my number three. So, Justin, number two. What do you got? I'm looking at the cast for this show, and it is, <laughs> it is what I mean? absolutely fantastic. It's I have, a, I have a question, really quick, Chris. Sure. Yeah. So, like, 
you're, you're talking about this and like you're naming like big time actors and actresses that went on the show. Like when you first started describing it, like I'm I'm trained to think of like as soon as you said that, I was like, this sounds like Hollywood Squares where like every single episode is like Bruce Valanche and Caroline Ray. Like they're not really stars. They're like C and D list celebrities. No, no. The ones is, this was like Sarah real. It was on this. Yeah, well, yeah, and the huge. thing was back then was like these actors would be like they would have contracts with the with the with the network, right? So the network would part of their contract was, hey man, you got to go and do these promotional things and helps promote your your show. It helps promote the network, and they would go and do these kind of shows. And yeah, like I'm like Adrian Barbeau and like Gary Berghoff from Mash, and it was just like Pat Harrington from One Day at a Time. It was great. It was amazing. But yeah, I guess they were kind of like big stars. And back then, again, you only had three networks, so I guess they were all like big time stars at the time, right? <laughs> oh man! All right. Anyway, so, okay. So number two, what do you got? My number two. Okay, so some of reality, actually, the majority of reality t- TV is what we would call trash and garbage, and this show definitely fits that genre of reality TV. <laughs> uh, it is nice. the it is the challenge, uh, also known as the real world road rules challenge. But because they don't uh, really have those shows go- running the way they used to, it's now just called the challenge. It originally started uh, on. Uh, on a season of Real World and Road Rules where they pitted the members of each show against each other and it was so popular that they, tur- they eventually turned it into their own show uh, and it is, uh, it's virtually like Survivor with a bunch of drunk 20, 30-year-old somethings. Um, and uh, it is fantastic. Uh, it has uh, uh, completely devolved season after season. Um, but it is definitely a guilty pleasure of mine that I really, really enjoy watching with my wife. So my number two is The Challenge. Very cool. Yancey, what do you got for number two for us? Justin, what, what do they actually do as far as the challenges? Like, I don't understand. They do. I mean, it's it's, it's very, very similar to, uh, to Survivor. It's actually, uh, per, I believe, produced by Mark Burnett. Um, they do the same type of challenges. Uh, it's like that, physical stuff? Yeah, like they're... Or, oh, physical, mental uh, challenges. Um, and then after, at, at the end of each, or virtually at the end of almost every episode, they will have some sort of duel where competitors will go against each other and the loser of that, that duel will be out of the show. And then whoever wins the final challenge gets a you know a big chunk of money, upwards of two hundred thousand hmm. dollars. All right, fair enough. My wife actually mentioned this. I was trying to like think of brainstorm shows and stuff that I had seen, and she mentioned this is one that she used to watch. You know, she used to watch all those M- MTV shows and stuff, and I had never heard of it. But there you go. Um, maybe you, my wife and you are more compatible than than <laughs> she and I are. <laughs> all right. Anyways, so my number two is. Uh, this show actually just went off the air, uh, uh, I think, last year or maybe earlier this year, um, and it's Mythbusters. A lot of people wouldn't consider this to be reality TV, but again, I really had to think hard about this. IMDb listed it as a reality TV show, so I'm going to roll with it. Um, Jamie Heineman and Adam Savage, they were the two like main guys for years and years. Two of probably my favorite people in the entire world. Adam Savage still does a podcast called Still Entitled. It's one of my favorite non-baseball podcasts of all time. Absolutely love it. And you guys obviously know what the premise is. It's basically using science and technology and, you know, you know, you know, Jerry rigging things to like dispel myths about things that people think to be true. Like I remember one of my favorite episodes was like the most simple ones where like they would all eat hot chili and then they would do all kinds of like household remedies that, you know, through generations, whatever people would say that it would it would work doing things like, you know, putting toothpaste in your mouth after you eat spicy you know, foods or petroleum jelly. 
really stupid stuff like that or trying to beat guard dogs like they would literally try to you know use steaks and hot dogs and other things like that to like trick guard dogs into not you know doing their job and, and letting them you know sneak into a, a building or something like that it, it was always like super stupid and as the show went on obviously like the the myths that they had to bust became more and more esoteric but that was kind of like the whole point of the show is like how could they continuously make this show interesting and add new elements to it um you know, about halfway through the show, they added on, you know, more characters like Grant, who was one of my personal favorites, Carrie Byron, who one of the most beautiful women in the entire world. Um, yep. I love her to death. Uh, please. I got to hope my wife doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> um, but anyways, <laughs> but it was just the coolest show. And like, I'm a science nerd. I, I love science almost as much as I love baseball and, and my family. Um, but it's, it was just a cool show. And I was sad to see it go. So Myth, Mythbusters is my number two. Oh, that's a good one. I remember they did one where they were trying to dispel myths of like different movies and they did Jaws. Mm-hmm. They're wondering like if they shot a bullet into the co2 tank would it explode and blow the shark apart and all that it was pretty cool that was a good show i like that okay this, my number that, two I, I just wanted to, real quick yeah. on mythbusters it, it almost made my list it, it was the my last cut um uh, they, you do consider it reality tv then i yes, honestly thought I you guys do. would clown me on something I don't, like know, I don't know if i really would consider reality i think TV, it's more of a documentary but yeah it, it, it's like uh, a science show right? it definitely and that, that was the final reason i didn't put it in um, they film it in Alameda, uh, which is in my in my backyard, pretty much. Um, and I, I've gotten to meet both the guys. Uh, uh, Adam is is a really really cool guy. Jamie's a little uh, eccentric. Um, but if you if you like that show, Carrie Grant and Tori have a spinoff kind of show. It's a little bit different, but in the same kind of vein on Netflix. It's called The White Rabbit Project, and it is it's pretty good. I actually did not know that, but thank you. Very cool. Okay, so my number two, like I mentioned, I'm a Gen Xer. I like old stuff, but here's what I'm going to come a little bit, you know, more into more like modern times. This one was from 2004. I mentioned before I like American Idol. So they did a show, uh, you guys probably never heard of this, but it was called Superstar USA. And the best part about American Idol for me, I always like the really, really bad auditions, right? And so if you like the bad auditions, you would have loved Superstar USA because the that's what it was all about. So instead of trying to find the best undiscovered singer in America, this show decided it would go looking for the worst singer in America. The only thing was, is they didn't tell the contestants this, right? So they'd have these like horrible singers come on and go through each round thinking that they were really awesome. And the ones that actually could kind of sing, they'd be like, sorry, man, you know, you're not really what we're looking for. So they, you know, get eliminated and they just kept whittling it down to like, to try and find the worst singer in America. And it was like, Brian McFadden hosted it, and there was like the three judges were like Briggs and Tone Loke and Vitamin C. And the eventual, they didn't even give their last names because they didn't want to like humiliate them that bad. So the eventual winner was her name was Jamie, and then she was like from Minnesota. And I thought they really blew it because if anyone out there that's listening, if you saw the show, you know, you know as well as I do. Mario was the superstar USA. I mean, guys, I tell you what, if you haven't had the chance to see this, go look for it on YouTube. It's an amazing, amazing show. So that's my number two. On to our number one. Justin, take us away. Well, if you follow my work, uh, this is not going to be a surprise for you. Uh, And I know, Yancey, you hate this show. But my number one is Survivor. (laughs) Uh, It it, it debuted in uh, in 2000. Uh, It really kind of set... Um, the, the the kind of reality TV show on fire uh, when it came out a lot there have been a lot of spin-offs including the challenge which is virtually like the same kind the same kind of platform uh, it involves uh, anywhere from 16 to 20 strangers being dropped off in, on an island 
usually within two tribes, competing against each other, and then having to vote each other out. I do a Survivor podcast at Friends of Fantasy Benefits. We just started it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I would love to be on the show, I, and I think I would be very, very good at it. So, uh, you know, Jeff Probst, if you're listening to this episode, feel free to, <laughs> to contact me on Twitter. I'd be happy to come on uh, next season. Uh, but Survivor, it, it's one of those... It's one of the few shows I have to watch right when it comes out, and I, I and I watch it every week. And you know the thing for me was, like, I liked the first season. I thought it was great. And the thing for me that it kind of got away from, and again, I kind of got away from the show, so I, you know, maybe you can clarify this for me. But it seemed to me that the show then started to get more and more about, like, really good-looking people. And it was, like, all about these, like, really, you know, awesome-looking people. Whereas season one was all about, like, regular-looking people. Like, they just look like normal people, like, you know, I, Susan I, and the old guy. And that, that's kind of, kind of made it cool. And the other thing was that I thought was interesting about it was the show. This is going to sound crazy, but it wasn't even to me when I watched it. It wasn't even about people trying to survive on an island. It was like office politics. That's mm-hmm. what the show was. It was so cool, you know, but did, do you, like, so do you agree? Like, like, again, having being somebody that's watched it over the years more than I have, is it, have they gotten more beautiful over the years and gotten away from natural people? I, I think they, they've done a good job of reincorporating it because I think you're right. For a few years there, they really went for the best looking people. Um, they definitely want to have a few good looking people, especially the women. Um, and so uh, because that is uh, entertaining for, you know, for the audience, uh, I, you know, I disagree with that premise. But uh, the, the women are almost <laughs> always uh, uh, very, very good looking. But for the most part, they've actually uh, they've done a really good job of um uh, kind of bucking that because I think there were people that really thought it became more of a beauty contest. Um, but what they really have to do now is they have to get, and I think they've tried to do this. Um, they've, they, I think they've had to try to go out outside of people who watch the show for recruits. Um, and you see this because in the show, sometimes I wonder, it's like, how, how do you not know how to play this game? Because it's been on for so long, haven't you? But I think they go in now and recruit people who haven't watched the show just to have some people who aren't just like devious and, and have a clue what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, Yancey, on to you. What do you got for number one? Justin, I don't hate Survivor. I used to watch the first couple of seasons with my family, like religiously. Like, Colleen was like one of my first cr- crushes. Like, I think yes. it was like season one or season two. Very beautiful woman. Um, it's funny, yeah, because you were, men- we were men- sorry to interrupt, but you were, men- you know, just Justin, you mentioned how they started to try to get beautiful people. But I think in the season one, someone like Colleen, like she looked like the girl next door, you mm-hmm. know, like she was great, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I get it. I, I, I don't hate the, the show, but like maybe it's because I've checked out, you know, 15, 16 seasons ago, but it just always felt like it was just like a, a, a slight. Which is eight years and dog years, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But it just feels like it's always like the same thing over and over again. And Chris, you nailed it too. It, it feels more like office politics than Survivor. If they could combine, you know, combine Survivor Man, like you mentioned earlier in the show, with you know an actual like Survivor competition style team show, then I would be completely on, you know, all in. But and that's I think here they, they they did a couple seasons. You know, I, I there's thirty. There, I think they're in their thirty fourth season this year. So I mean. They've done some seasons oh in which they've done things like that, or they've done things where they've split the tribes different ways as social experiments. So they, they did a season where they divided tribes by race, by gender. Um, they did a uh, season in which they gave one tribe everything in terms of luxuries and another tribe nothing. So I think they've tried to do different things, kind of change it up a little bit. Hmm. All right, guys, okay. my number one, yeah, I have mentioned it before, and it is Cops. Filmed on location oh, yes. with you the men and women that. of law enforcement. Okay. Yes. 
this is a reality TV show. This is as real as real can get. The problem I have with most reality TV shows is they're not real. Even those are scripted, and you can tell like a lot of like the producers and stuff are kind of coercing people into saying things, into doing you know compromising scenarios and everything. I think I watched Big Brother once, and I was like, no, thank you. I've watched, like I said, I watched Survivor, and it, it kind of like fell out of favor with me. All these shows, they just feel fake. Like I remember watching like 15 minutes of Duck Dynasty, and I'm like, I am done. This is not how a normal family interacts with each other. This is scripted. This, you know. I have a problem with 99% of these reality TV shows because they just feel fake to me. They don't feel real at all. Nobody talks to each other like that in real life. In Cops, it's literally as real as it gets. It is It is America. It is everything that you want. There's guns. There is drugs. There are high-speed chases, which are my personal favorite. It has everything. Fort Myers, my hometown, has been on there like seven times, which to me I wear as a badge of honor. I freaking love that. It's just – it's the coolest show I mean, it has the coolest theme song. Everybody's watched it. I mean, Bad Boys is just like, I don't know, man. Cops is, it's so American. And I don't think it's ever really got like the fanfare that I think it deserves. Like, um, I would love to see them kind of like revamp it and bring it back and make it, you know, like, like Chris, we always talk about how like, you know, whenever you were watching TV as a kid and, you know, growing up, there are only three or four stations. Um, I miss... I miss the days whenever not a lot of people had cable and you only had four or five channels to choose from. And, you know, if you didn't have cable, you were watching cops on Friday or Saturday night and everybody watched cops. You know, I would go to school and we would be talking about high speed chases and stuff. I, I just miss I miss that collective like we all like indulge in like people's crime together. So cops is my number one. It's just a, it's a greatest show, man. It really is. I, lo- I freaking love cops. Nice. I like it. OK, so as I mentioned, I'm the Gen Xer. I'm going with old stuff. This show started back in the 50s and it was popular right through the 70s and that was candid camera so for guys if you guys probably don't know this show at all but what it was was alan funt hosted this show and he basically go around and like prank people and he and he recorded all on a on a quote-unquote candid camera right that's the name and but unlike some of the copycat shows that have come since like totally hidden video which to me was kind of it was kind of mean-spirited at times and did some pretty mean gags candy camera was always like fun clean it was just it was good, clean family fun. And I used to like it when like Fanny Flagg would be on it and and she'd help Funt do the stunts because because it, it actually got to the point where people started to recognize Alan Funt and it was harder and harder for him to pull off the gags, right? So he'd bring on like, like I say, Fanny Flagg and Joanne Flug and, and Betsy Palmer, who you probably know from, uh, she was Mrs. Voorhees in the original Friday the 13th. But Candy Camera was a great show. It was it was something, like I say, the whole family could watch. So like an example of something they might do, to give you an idea. Like they once, I remember this one episode, they took a car and they took the motor out of the car. And then someone got behind the wheel. This woman got behind the wheel and then they, they like pushed the car down a hill. And then she, she, you know, she was working the brake and she slowly turned it into a, a garage. And then she had the mechanic come out and take a look under the hood. And then there's no motor. And he's like, his reaction is like, he's freaking out. And it was just like all harmless stuff, but it was a great show. So that was my number one. Uh, that was Candid Camera. So again, going back a long ways, but uh, that was awesome, guys. So, hey, are you guys ready now? Justin, your first time having some fun with Yancey. So here we go. Every week I ask some questions of Yancey and we try and put them on the spot. I like to mess with the millennial. But uh, Justin, if you like, what I'll do is you and Yancey can team up this week. How's that? That, that sounds fair. You guys are combined. Out of of curiosity, Justin, because I don't think I know this, what year were you born? I was born in 1984. So just a few old years older than Yancey, but I feel like I'm stuck between generations. Yeah, you guys are. To be fair, though, you look a lot older than I do. Thank you. Thank you. I do. (laughs) 
<laughs> he means that in the nicest way. Yeah. That said with right there. Um, okay, so you guys are going to be a team, okay? Here we go. Dancing with the Stars, guys. And one of the funny things about Dancing with the Stars is that the show features neither dancing nor stars. So, uh, but regardless, uh, <laughs> every year uh, a quote-unquote star wins the can- the competition, right? So the show premiered back in the summer of 2005. Gentlemen, can you tell me the winner of the very first season of Dancing with the Stars? Oh, the very first. Uh... I hope you got something, Justin, because I have no idea. You know, my, my mother-in-law watched this show, and my and my wife watched it when it was first on. I'm going to say Jerry Rice, even though I know he, he won a different season. No, it's Kelly Monaco. Mm, I have that? no idea. I have no idea. She was, I think she wasn't she in like Playboy or something or soap operas or something. I don't know. Again, Dancing with the Stars. No stars. <laughs> okay, so there we go. Okay, so Ozzy, on his eponymous show, The Osbournes, who visited the family on the final episode of the show? Oh, I, I have no idea. Can't mm. see no. He's right from your generation, uh, like a talk show guy that would come and Doctor make them Phil. Doctor Phil. There you go. There you go. I what? That was okay. totally a guess, but yes. Okay, so this was widely considered to be one of the worst reality TV shows of all time. And this show, it only ran in 2004. And it featured women that they would bring into the show and they would transform the women through plastic surgery. Gentlemen, can you name the show? Um, it was... Extreme Makeover? No. It was... Um, no. It, oh, my gosh. Uh, one of the women actually from the show just died. So that's the only reason I can kind of remember this. Oh, uh, this got dark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God, it was. It was. It was. Was it the Swan? Oh, you got it! Congratulations. Yes, it was. Justin. Wow, look at that recall. That's amazing. Yeah, I guess the idea they take an ugly ducking and make her into Swan. It was. Horrible. It was absolutely Horrible. atrocious Horrible. premise. God, I hate that show. Okay. All right. So the entrepreneurial show Shark Tank. You guys know that it's an American TV show, right? It, it allows mm-hmm. entrepreneurs the opportunity to come on. They do the pitch in front of a panel of sharks, right? And yeah. then they try to secure investment in their startup business ideas. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that's that's about as American as you can get, you know, in terms of a show, right? But actually, Word. the show is a spinoff of a Canadian show, believe it or not. Justin, Yancey, can you name the Canadian TV show that spawned Shark Tank? You know, I have no idea, so I'm going to think that I'm, I'm going to make a wild guess here and say that instead of Shark Tank, it is Moose Tank. <laughs> Very good. No close. It's called Dragon's Den. Yeah. No, and, actually, and actually, I think the Canadian show is even based on a Japanese show. So, I mean, everyone just steals this idea. But Kevin O'Leary and Robert Herjavec are both Canadian, and they're both on Dragon's Den before they were on before they were sharks. Yeah, so. O'Leary's running for prime minister, isn't he? Uh, he's running for leadership of the oh. uh, the Progressive Conservative Party. But Guys, we'll just that. Um, true story. I've actually met Kevin O'Leary in person, and he oh, was sorry. very sorry. mean. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I apologize on behalf of all Canadians for that. Um, okay, our last one. Justin, you mentioned you do a fantasy show on Survivor. Okay, I and do. it was the number one show on your list. So this, you're going to nail this one, okay? I should. That, Back in the summer of 2000. Oh, we go back in time. Remember that Survivor debuted, right? 
And of course, you know, we mentioned the show is about surviving elimination every week. You make it to the very end so that you can win a prize of $1 million. And the very first winner ever was Richard Hatch. Hatch. And I should point out to the Gen Xers out there, this is not the Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica of the 70s. No. Uh, But anyway, so this Richard Hatch won the million dollars, but unfortunately he, he found himself, he wound up in jail. Gentlemen, can you tell me? What crime did Richard Hatch commit in order to land in jail? Child abuse. No, I know the answer, but I want to see if Yancey does. No. I thought he got in trouble as another plane flies over my head. What? It's it's like first, 10 o'clock at night. You can see, where much do you live? Don't you live in like Fort Myers? There's no airports in, in Fort Myers. Myers. It's like you two live in airports in Fort Myers. Okay. Good. You're the one who lives in the middle of the freaking tundra. Okay. I live in like established American city. <laughs> we, we, yes, we have big enough to have I'm going to hold on. I got to get a. I'm, I'm chewing on some pemmican as we speak. So anyway, guys, <laughs> what did Richard Hatch do to wind up in jail? Do you know? It, it was. I'm, it was not, I'm not saying this to be stupid. Sorry to cut you off, Justin. But I remember he got in trouble because like his he came back from the show and his son gained like a ton of weight. I guess his, his son had weight problems and he was like mashing his head and making him do pushes. And didn't he get in trouble for that? Yeah, so his son gained weight, so he went to jail. That's Is that a crime in America? I tell you, you guys are screwed. Uh, Justin, you want to help me out? Yeah, he uh, he did not pay taxes on his million dollars, and he was uh, he was sentenced to a year in prison for tax evasion. He pulled a Wesley so, Snipes. <laughs> so the guy wins a million dollars on the number one show in America and decides, I'm not going to claim it on my taxes. Who would possibly know that I want this? What a stupid freaking idiot that guy is. He deserves to go to jail, I tell you. Anyway, Justin... Thanks a lot for joining us this week. You did great on the trivia. You did great on the show. I hope you had a good time. You want to just remind everybody where they can find you and all the things you got going on in your world? Yeah, you can uh, You can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason, FWFB. Uh, check out my site, friendsoffantasybenefits.com. Uh, uh, we, we cover mostly fantasy sports. We're branching out into Survivor. Uh, me and Eli Rosenswake have a Survivor podcast. Uh, we record it typically uh, once a week. We've done three episodes so far. Uh, so definitely go check that out. Very good. And you'll find me on Twitter at C. McBrien and Yancey, of course, at Yancey Eaton. You can always reach us on email, Chris or Yancey at popcultureworld.com. Yancey, on behalf of you and on behalf of Justin and myself, I want to say thank you, everybody, for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Thank you for listening to the Pop Goes Your World podcast. Continue the conversation on Twitter at C. McBrien or at Yancey Eaton. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. 